0: This is Mark Miller, host of An Innovator's Journey to DevOps. An Innovator's Journey is a series of interviews profiling software development thought leaders and DevOps practitioners. We highlight real people, real stories, and real solutions for building modern software. In today's journey, we talk with Tina Donbeck, Director, System Configuration and Automation Delivery Division for a United States federal agency. Donbeck's journey to DevOps began in a unique way, not through technology, but through a degree in psychology. Her perception of DevOps is through the lens of change management. Her focus is not on the technical as much as cultural change and the customer perspective. In this Innovator's Journey profile, Tina talks about her transition from psychology to DevOps, roadblocks to DevOps adoption, and the influences shaping her work. When you think back about uh, how you got started in technology, were you interested in technology as a child?
1: Not directly, no. I mean, I was one of those kids. I grew up, I was an Atari kid and, and grew up on Atari and Nintendo. And, you know, when the Commodore 64 came out, I guess when I was going into the second grade, I was one of those early adopters. So I've kind of always been like an early adopter of like trinkets and toys and, and such. So that's always interested me. Um, But I kind of fell into um, technology. Oddly, um, I have two degrees in psychology, uh, one in organizational development type psychology. So I fell into the IT world probably about 18 years ago after I I got out of the Marine Corps, and I worked for a contracting company in Washington, D.C., supporting the Secretary of the Navy, and the role that I played there was doing workforce development for the IT workforce. Um, So I I got to use a little bit of my psychology background, um, but I got to delve a little bit into the IT arena um, from a people perspective, and I really found it interesting, and that's where I've stayed uh, since.
0: One of the things that you mentioned as far as what you were doing uh, with the Navy support, it almost sounds like change management when you talk about it that way. Is that right?
1: Um, yeah, there's an element of change management and it. it essentially uh, we were looking at the skills and the competencies required um, to sufficiently support uh, the, the Navy warfighter. So um, both on the, the government fed side as well as uh, sailors. What type of skill sets did they require to essentially move their IT workforce in the right direction to support? Uh, The warfighter, which obviously the warfighter in the last, you know, 20 years has evolved, um, you know, almost specifically to technology. I mean, there isn't war in general has moved, you know, we've got drones flying around. I mean, it's just where we've evolved to. So this was, you know, some 18 years ago. um, So we were probably sort of on the cutting edge of it. But it was, you know, identifying what skills um, were needed to, to move them in the right direction.
0: Where'd you go to college?
1: Interestingly, I finished my undergraduate while I was active duty in the Marine Corps, so I completed college in a little unknown, probably university, called Park University, and um, I did it through a satellite campus while I was active duty, bouncing around. Um, And then my master's degree is from the George Washington University here in Washington, D.C.
0: I'm trying to follow your trail here as far as your your path to technology. When you were at school, were there any computer courses or was it before that was all happening
1: uh right on the cusp of it i mean the my undergraduate actually i took a few courses online so i mean certainly uh, you know the technology was there i'm not that i'm not a dinosaur completely but um and and there were you know intro to computers and there were some intro to programming type classes you know, an undergraduate. But again, my my degree was in psychology, so I wasn't necessarily taking the the programming type classes.
0: As you look back, do you remember the first time that you heard about DevOps?
1: I do. It's been fairly recent. I mean, within the last, I say, three to four years. In my current position, I I work for the federal government now. And uh, you wouldn't think of the federal government necessarily being on the cutting edge when it comes to adopting Technology or philosophies, um, but I think in the last ten years or so, there have been some federal agencies that really have been on the cusp of doing things very innovatively. Um, you know, agile has become very pervasive within the government. DevOps is kind of a buzzword that's come out. I'd say, like like I said, within the last four to five years, uh, even more so right now. It's it's kind of caught on when my CIO had sort of, you know, thrown the the buzzword out there, there were a few of us, uh, we kinda call ourselves the, the DevOps grassroots folks, the kind of the early adopters, people who kinda get excited about new ideas and everything. A group of us kind of globbed onto it and we kind of ran with it. Not, I won't say we had a whole lot of direction on where we were taking it, but it's kind of been a an interesting journey as to how it's evolved over the last couple of years and we've seen some really some really cool things, at least from a cultural perspective and adopting it, as well as from a process perspective, we've really seen some maturity in our development and release efforts.
0: What kind of roadblocks are you reaching when you're trying to move forward? I mean, there's problems that I hear a lot about political issues as far as people not understanding this new type of development. Are you hitting any roadblocks?
1: Oh, yeah, most certainly. I mean, to me, DevOps is almost purely cultural anyways. I mean, it's a huge change. You know, you talked about change management earlier. I mean, it is it is a change management effort. I mean, it's getting, you know, you're getting your development and your operations people to want to work, you know, in coordination with one another. You know, we, we talk that all the time. I mean, even before the word DevOps came around, I mean, we always talk about collaboration in the workplace. But I think DevOps kind of moves it a little, even a little bit, closer to a reality right and it's kind of more in your face about like no kidding you know we want you know developers to be testers you know to be to be able to test their own stuff before it actually gets thrown over to QA you know we want them to catch their own mistakes before you know someone else catches their mistakes kind of thing and in operations working in such you know synchronization with development you know that's that's run into huge cultural barriers because I mean. You know, my exposure mostly has been to the federal government, and, and I'm sure it's the same in the private sector, but there's silos that grow up, um, and that becomes sort of the persona and the culture is grown up around that. So trying to break through some of those, um, those silos and those barriers that have existed for years and years is difficult.
0: Are the people that on your team understand Agile and using Agile more likely to be doing DevOps?
1: They are, but then you're probably going to get into a philosophical discussion on whether you can do true Agile in the federal government. Agile in the federal government is extremely difficult just because the way um, we're measured and the way that we have to budget and everything is accounted for and we're not a profit-driven um, organization, it stifles a little bit of sort of, I think, the, the purest. with regards to Agile. So, you know, for an example, we have to give start dates and end dates of a proposed project for a fiscal year so we can get budget allocation towards it, right? Well, by just in the essence of doing that, that's not Agile because, I mean, you're already determining sort of like a proposed start and end date. Mm -hmm, Agile mm -hmm. is supposed to be more fluid than that, right? We're Agile in the sense, to get back to your, your original question of, do I feel the people who've adopted Agile are more likely to adopt DevOps, most certainly, because I think those people, you know, those are the innovators, those are the early adopters, those are the people who see the need um, for what DevOps brings and what Agile brings. And they might not be able to do Agile or even DevOps in the 100% purest form, but they adopt the best, I guess, attributes from that and try to implement it the best they can.
0: As you look at your career, Tina, one of the people that a lot of us look towards is Deming. As far as who started this movement, who would have been your major influences?
1: I would say the Phoenix Project. Uh, we actually brought Gene Kim in and uh, had him in a small group, kind of talk about the Phoenix Project and talk about um, you know his experiences with DevOps. Obviously, he's a evangelist for for DevOps, so he's he was wonderful. I mean, so reading his stuff and listening to him talk, you know, I find him very motivating. Um, There's been local people. I mean, you know, those are big names. You mentioned Deming. I mean, those, you know, those are big names. But I mean, for me, it's been a lot of it's been my peers, my peers who've gotten excited about it. And we've kind of learned from one another about what works and doesn't work. We have a lot of uh, outreach to folks at uh, Puppet Uh, Nathan Harvey. I don't know if you know that name.
0: Very well. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, listening to him talk, you know, gets you excited, um, you know, around DevOps. So I don't necessarily think that it has to be like a a big name or I can point a big name that's totally like, you know, done it for me. It's been a culmination of reading the books and and, um, working with my folks, you know, side by side, trying to figure out like, what is this, you know, and how are we going to use this? Uh, to our advantage that's
0: that's where I've learned the most. I hear that so much that a lot of what is happening movement wise is peer groups as you go, "Hey, look, this is cool, look what I just did," and then yeah. everybody gathers around say, "Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, yeah, uh, I travel the world talking about DevOps and putting on DevOps tracks at major conferences. And one of the exciting things for me is we're finally starting to see security come into that fold. Have you noticed that too? That the automation of security is becoming part of the DevOps cycle.
1: I have, yeah. That that's weird because security is always like the most important thing, but it always seems like the last thing to like get get thrown in there. It's <laughs> so like yeah.
0: Cinderella. It's the redheaded step- <laughs> stepchild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, nobody
1: wants to hear it, but everybody needs it.
0: When you look back on your career so far, what are you most proud of?
1: Oh, boy. Hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, it's 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 difficult. It's it's taken, like I always say, I have a very charmed career because I kind of, I fell into um, government contracting by happenstance, you know, coming out of the Marine Corps. I actually interviewed with a, a woman whose husband was a retired gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps. And it was like, I look at it like she gave this young girl you know an opportunity um, that just has opened up so many doors for me and, and like I said, this wasn't the path that I necessarily chose that I was going to be on, but it's been a really I'm really grateful for the ride so far so looking back, I would say I'm amazed that things fell into place the way that they did because uh, even when I didn't think that they made sense and I got a new role or a new position, um they always turned out where I needed to be. So that's been pretty cool.
0: It actually does bring up the idea of gender equality. Have, have you had any issues with that? It no. seems that in the position you are, <laughs> you've actually gone through the glass ceiling here because there's so few women, when you think about it, at the level that you are uh, in this field.
1: To a certain extent, yes, to answer your question. And there's and especially in the federal government, there's few and far between um women cios. and And that's one day you know I would I, that's one of my goals. It's something I aspire to. And you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen because i've I've gotten to do some really cool things. But um certainly, there's you know there's not as many women um, in those types of positions that you know, certainly I feel that is warranted. Um, I've come across some really brilliant uh, women that have crossed my path. And equally, I've learned some from some some really brilliant men as well who are doing things really, really well. And oddly, you know, sometimes you learn most from those that are doing things really poorly. I've had those experiences as well.
0: When you look back a year from now, what do you hope to have accomplished within the next year?
1: Interestingly enough, I've... uh, I've taken on a new role within my agency that are, where I work now, and I've, I've moved away from um, the CIO shop actually over to the customer side of IT. Um, so my hopes in the next year is to be able to help from the customer perspective drive the importance of DevOps, drive the importance of that type of collaboration, because they're kind of floundering right now, and they have been, uh, for, for a few years and, and they kind of feel like they haven't been delivered what they've asked for out of um, the IT shop. So it's my hopes that a year from now that I'm able to say and be a part of a team that's kind of helped move them forward uh, further than they've, they've ever been.
0: You have been listening to An Innovator's Journey to DevOps. Today's broadcast was produced by Mark Miller with support from Shannon King, Jessica Dodson, and Derek Weeks. To hear the entire series of interviews, go to sonotype.com and choose Innovators. We'll see you next time as we continue our exploration of real people, real stories, and real solutions for building modern software. (laughs) And finally, thanks to George Cole and his quintet for taking us home with a little gypsy jazz. Take it home, George.